Hello and welcome to The Boy and the Bear back after an international break and Scotland are going to the Euros happy days. Much as we hate to admit it, we've all got friends on the other side of the Clyde. I'm Patrick and I support Celtic. And I'm Scott and I support Rangers. Me and Patrick don't really see eye to eye when it comes to football, which is why our good friend Steve is here to help us calm things down. Calm things down. Or act as a wooden spoon and find questions that I know will divide these two and then sit back and enjoy. I'm here to referee this podcast, decide who wins the weekly debates and stop this show going off the rails. Before we get stuck into the episode, a reminder to please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and to follow us at BoyBearPod, that's boy with an H, on Instagram. To try and build some early peace between these two gentlemen, Patrick and Scott are tasked with coming up with a compliment for each other's teams. Scotty, I'm going to start with you, please. Thanks, man. That's very kind of you. Um, I thought I'd be quite nice this week, you know, and really just shout out Kyogo. He's a man of many talents, you know. It's not the first time you've played Kyogo. Well, well, I'm just getting, I'm just getting here. We know he's a smashing footballer, right? But I, what I didn't realise was he's an Olympic level diver with that bit of play acting against Hearts. Sensational <laughs> bit of play. So that's my compliment this week. <laughs> I thought you'd done some like deep level research there to like find that out. No, nope. I was like Kyogo's a diver. <laughs> You, yes, yes. Hook line and hook line and sinker, <laughs> mate. Uh, that, however, is not a compliment. That is not a compliment. No, and I will not accept. Well, that. that's what you're getting. That's your lot. It is a compliment. He's a he's Whoa, a multi. He's, come hard this he's week. a multifaceted athlete, footballer, diver. Brilliant. New manager in for what, like two days, and you've got your ego back. You've grown out your beard. Right. And you feel like a hard man. Right. <laughs> got that Belgian fucking muscle behind me. <laughs> Uh, well Paddy my good luck following that one up yeah I have an actual compliment which is just what a start for come on Um, all things being said I think Hibs were dreadful but I mean to come in and beat anyone 4-0 in your first game uh, looked decent like made Dessers and Seema actually look quite good I'm sure Scott will talk about it in more detail but I think all Celtic fans were sort of hoping that would be another slip up and he'd get off to a really really bad start but that has very much not happened so I guess that's my compliment Oh, thanks. Well, let's uh, let's dive straight into it then, boys. Rangers new manager. Positive early signs, Scott, or further proof that Rangers players love throwing managers under buses? I think it's a positive start. I don't think there's any room to get carried away. You know, there's, like you said just there, these players have shown in the past that they do throw managers under the bus. They do quit when things get tough. I think what we've seen, though, is a manager that's not going to take anybody's shit. He, he saw him... I don't know if any of you watched the game at all, but within 15 minutes of the game, he's already on the touchline. He's barking orders. He's he, he's quite animated about getting the ball from the goalkeeper up the park as quick as we can because, you know, you guys have known this season that we just so laborious on the ball. It's four, five, six, seven touches in our own half before we've even got up the park. You know, so that was a real positive sign. I think, you know... The other thing that impressed me, I'm sure it's the same with a lot of Rangers fans, is just the, the pressing off the ball. You know, when we make a, a a pass that goes astray, if we're trying to move the ball forward, it's we're not like, oh shit, I didn't want, oh, I missed that, or I, you know, I can't be bothered chasing it. It was knuckle down, get back, and try to put them under pressure to get the ball back, which is we've not, I haven't seen that kind of play since Gerard. You know, yeah. well, I mean, the the reason I, I I phrased the question in that way is that Gio won his first seven league games in charge, yep. and Michael Beale won his first four league games in yep. charge. To me, do you think that Clement 
and I know it's very early days, do you think that part of the remit of him coming in is he'll make some changes in January because these players aren't going to change their spots? Yeah, so, yeah no, I think... Um, or, or, do, or do you genuinely think that the squad you've got, he, he can adapt and change that and it was maybe just poor management from Beal? I think I think there's players in that team that do have reached their, their shelf life, if you like, at Rangers. It's time for them to move on. Who? Borna Barisic for a start. Yeah. Um, I think you look at Ben Davies... Isn't well, he never got going, no, he's, he's not consistent. You know, we bought him for a, a good bit of money. He's not, he's I remember a lot of bragging when yeah. we got him and we didn't. Yeah, well, you guys were after him as well. Do you mean? And there was a lot of talk about how he was decent, he just didn't get an opportunity at Liverpool. But they scouted him, and you know, we're thinking we're going to get a, a nice ball carrying center half, you know. But he's he's a bit up and down with his performances. I think Lundstrom's time is gone I think he's he's going to be the, one of the ones to go I think Ryan Jack might not have a future at Rangers really? yeah I just think can't stay fit I think that's Clement wants to play this you can see already I know it's getting you know it's not the finished article by any means but you can see that he wants to play that high tempo high high aggressive pressing game and you need to be fit and, and he said in his press conference that you know he wants to have players available in his time at Monaco or Bruges he had a 90% um, healthy squad you know for the, most of it so he wants these players to be available pretty much he's going to love the plastic pitches then isn't he yeah he's in for a shock when he when we go to Ammonville you know <laughs> on that note by the way I, I did quite enjoy when uh, it was Livingston versus Kilmarnock last weekend and they called it El Plastico <laughs> 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 that was class. sensational the moments where you love being Scottish yeah, <laughs> but, being Scottish, yeah no right? I think just to kind of go back I, I do think that that's why I'm saying I'm tempering my expectations I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself because you're right you know Gio won first handful of games so did Michael Beal and then it all came crumbling down and I think that's yeah, based on the players I don't I think I just think that Clement's a proven winner in a similar size league you know to Scotland he's, he's taking Club Bruce to the Champions League you know into group stages and good good performances and good results against top teams like Real Madrid you know what I mean so he, this guy knows what he wants he knows how to get it and I just don't think he's going to take any any prisoners in his in his quest to make us successful Scott you'll know that there's a walk that I do long distance that goes past um, what's the industry training ground called? Um, again? Auchenhowie Auchenhowie yeah so I frequently do a walk from mine past that and then get the train back home. It's a great way to sort of clear the head in the morning. And it's a good walk. I always, uh, you know, put my headphones in, listen to podcasts, listen to music or whatever. So it's probably about 10, half 10 in the morning. Um, I, th- I can't remember what day it was last week, but I was walking by anyway. And I got the fright of my life <laughs> walking by the training centre. It's because I just heard these coaches like screaming top volume at the players. I was, I was looking around and I'm not sure if it was Clement, but he was there and I was like, someone's had an absolute walk and <laughs> like, and I've not, I'm not saying that I do this walk all the time. I maybe do it like once a month, certainly never, ever heard that before. And I was like, oh, that was kind of intimidating. Yeah. I don't, I think if you, you look at his press conference, I don't know if you, any of you boys watched it, yeah, I have, but yeah. it, there's something about it that really, really got me quite excited. You know, he's talking about his, his vision for what his teams what he wants his teams to be like you know and that's relentless on the ball it's that's the mentality thing and I think as a Rangers support yeah. that is the one key thing we've been lacking 
since Gerard left, I mean, you can say what you want about Gerard's record, but he came in at a time where we needed to rebuild the entire footballing department from, like, basically nothing. So, you know, well, we've not had, sorry, just before you jump in there, Stephen, no. it's like, I think that mentality is probably the thing that's the most pleasing. Time will tell, but that, I'm definitely excited by his appointment. I'm trying not to be super enthusiastic because this team likes to lure you in a false sense of security, so I'm trying to temper my emotions. Well, enjoy your week, Scotty. Well, enjoy I'm enjoying it. I'm buzzing, but, you know, like... I think um, just just when you are touching on there, it reminded me of something we were talking about earlier on on one of the, one of the early season podcasts where I was saying that when Brendan Rodgers speaks... You listen, mm-hmm. and I never ever got that with Michael Beale. Like he would come on, or you wouldn't even really care if he was on, or look out for it and stuff. Like I seen exactly that um, press conference you're talking about, Scott, and I listened to every word. You just, you just naturally yep. do. You're just naturally drawn to certain people, and yeah, he's certainly one of them. He's so it's also because a lot of Definitely. what Beale was saying was just complete nonsense. Yeah, he, you just sort yeah, of switched off nonsense, to. It. But I know about a lot of the, a lot of um, kind of what you say is in the in the the kind of attitude and how you portray it across. So I, I just thought he was spot on. And another thing that I'm I'm really excited to see. Whenever a foreign manager kind of comes into a club or or like Rangers like this, will he open up new markets that like other clubs haven't been able to explore? I mean, he must know the Belgian league inside out to win it three years on the bounce with two different clubs. So, and he's also got an eye in the French market, you know, and you know, I'm sure there's good players in the lower halves of the the French leagues or the you know second tier of French football. So, I would like to think there's. Well, that's where like Mares and Canada yep. that came from, wasn't it? Exactly. So, yeah, it will so, be interesting to see. I, I just think like you look at. You know, when he's getting asked questions and certainly after the first game, he, he was asked, were you impressed by that result? And he said, impressed is a very big word. He's like, I'm happy, but I'm not impressed. And I was thought, brilliant. You've come in, you've pretty much dominated your first home game. Do we look happy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But I just thought that's, that's a guy that, isn't getting ahead of himself. He's taking it, I think he's taking it week by week. He's looking at what this squad can deliver. I think, in his own words, he's he's watched every game of us this season. So I think he'll be well aware of what's who, who's going to be there with him right to the end and who's, who's not. I, I'm quite excited yeah. by that because I, I think we've seen for too long this really passive play from Rangers where we're so scared this is the other thing that really impressed me, actually. And I know this is, not, again, not trying to get ahead of myself, but I think this is positive for going forward. So you look at something he said in his presser was, I want you to be brave on the ball. You know, I don't want you to play shit passes in your own half. Like, I want you to take chances and you have to be brave to play this game. And it's all about how you recover if you if it doesn't come off. And I thought, that's all you want as a football fan. You just want to see somebody trying something and if it comes off, great. If it doesn't come off, at least the attempt was there. You know, the ambition. You're only saying that to John McLaughlin when he passed to David Turnbull at the end of last no, season. No, I was not saying that. To, I was. Uh, I think I was cursing John McLaughlin at that point. Paul at least he was kicking his ball as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he was brave. Eh? Oh, uh, take chances. There, there's been brave, and then there's been stupid. And I think John McLaughlin had a a deer in headlights moment. You know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm obviously, well, yeah. I'm obviously winding you up. No, no, like, no, obviously, like, I know. It's exactly how it's exactly how Andrew said he would play, and look, look what he did. Yeah. Look what he's done with Spurs. Oh, unbelievable! By the way, unbelievable. Top of the league. How many games have been played in the Premier League? Nine. Nine. Unbeaten. I, I, Hopefully, now oh, we get a bit incredible. of respect. I don't. I don't want to sit here and be like, "Oh, that's brilliant," but you can't. You can't deny it. Like the guy's 
done brilliant. Moving, moving on um, to the domestic review, and I'm going to open, open this up to Pat. Another walk in the park result for Celtic, Pat, or was it a little bit trickier than it seemed on paper? No, it wasn't. I think I've, I've read and heard from quite a few different outlets and spoken to quite a lot of mates, Celtic supporting mates and a couple of Palace of Hearts fans as well. And that is the most routine Celtic win at Tynecastle that I can remember for ages like Tynecastle traditionally is it's still a fixture that jumps out at you as being probably after Ibrox away probably Celtic one of Celtic's toughest fixtures of the season usually and it's like it was a breeze they ended that they ended that huge unbeaten run didn't they yeah they beat us 4-0 that's that's why I went for a draw you know that was what my thinking was because it's a notorious hard place to go yeah and and if we do if, when we do win it's usually games that are like 3-2 or 4-3 and they're normally really sort of fast and entertaining yeah. um, Scott I can't believe your compliment for Celtic this week wasn't Matt O'Reilly's volley three minutes yeah, in I, like, I, I know but I, I've given you like multiple scoring compliments <laughs> over the last true. couple of episodes so I just wanted to you know dig my a wee bit there you know so my main takeaway <laughs> from the game is Matt O'Reilly is in my opinion the best player in Scotland right now he is on he's in the form of his life and I think he's, when he does go, he'll fetch a higher price than Tierney did or Dembele did when he goes. I can't, he's just got his first Denmark call up oh, as well. Oh. I can't see him not, I think the sky's the limit for the guy. I honestly really do. Like watch that goal back and you see the the little glance he takes at the goal. And then to take that ball over your left shoulder and then bury it in the far corner three minutes in, just stunning and to sort of set the tone for the rest of the game. Do you think um, a reunion with Andrews on the cards for them? I wouldn't rule it out. No, no, they don't really get on, do they? Well, that's true, actually. Yeah, they don't. He's and what he, no. he's saying uh, he values Brendan coming up and chatting to him. And I don't like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so felt he, a bit. he likes him more of a kind of uh, arm around the shoulder, arm around the shoulder, which is fine. Let's let's. Some people respond to that. Some people don't. Get a grip of yourself, man. You play for Celtic. Like he needs a hug. Yourself, the boy needs a hug. Ball. What's wrong with that? <laughs> we all need a hug sometimes. You know? <laughs> uh, do you think it's? Do you think it? And uh, Scotty, this this encompasses you a little bit as well. Is that for me? Probably four of the top five teams, Aberdeen, another the other one inside that, were playing at the weekend, yeah. and Rangers and Celtic demolished two the other two. I mean, where does that leave Scottish football? But I I think I think you've got the caveat. Like you look at, we've talked on this podcast before about how teams just sit in, you know, and, and kind of hold on for dear life uh, against the old, you know, old firm. I'm going to say that, yes, old firm. Um, <laughs> you know, and then... The seed of doubt is all I ever wanted, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> There's no seed of doubt here. Um, but, you know, like, we sit here and we say, oh, they don't... Very yeah. quickly, something I wanted to touch on the in terms of teams sitting in. Hearts had Lawrence Shankland yep. pretty much man-marking Cal McGregor for the whole game. Like, what is the point? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, no, you need like, him further up the park. Like. You saw from his finish how good a player he can be. Yeah. And I think that's my point. It's like, you know, people were saying, oh, Hibs get cut open. And yeah, they did. But that's because if you look how they played, they weren't as scared to to actually try and have a go. Okay, their forward players had an off day and on another day they could have scored one or two of the chances you know and created a few more but I think you've got to give them props because they, they came out and actually tried to play you know they moved the ball they did, they weren't sitting in 11 men behind the ball hoping to get catches on the counter they were trying to play through us at times and I thought that's that's a good sign you know and then obviously Hearts you're expecting them to do a lot better and 
you know, they're one sitting in, so you think they're at home, they've got to do better. Yeah, well, a couple of things that stood out to me in the in the Hibs Rangers game watching it back, Scotty, is that one, David Marshall needs to retire. Yeah, aye. It's I mean, we're talking about in my lifetime as a as a Scotland fan, never mind anything else, one of the great keepers and I mean I don't know how he gets beat for I mean it's a good strike by Raskin. You should never as a top level goalkeeper get beat by that strike for take, that Raskin. Take nothing away from Raskin, secondly, but yeah. What a performance. Yeah, I know, but you shouldn't score that. You shouldn't score that. And you just shouldn't at top level leagues you should not be scoring that. And secondly, Seema. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna get onto that once uh, you know, because Pat made a comment about Seema's not been great. I think he's been one of the top performers and he's he's the one that actually during the whole Beal crisis, you know, he was the one that stood out, he was the one that was performing, okay, some of his performances weren't great, as in an overall 90 minutes performance, but, you know, he's still putting the ball away, and his, his standard of finishing is ridiculous, like, oh, his goal yeah. was brilliant, it just, it seemed to me as every highlight that came on to do with Rangers, he was yeah. involved in it, well, that was a f- most and any time he scored a goal, he was like, it was the other players yeah. looking to him to celebrate with him, and he's, he just seems like quite a popular yeah. character. Yeah, he was the one, I would say, that it's a full 90 minute performance from him, he was, he was, yeah. he, ah, he was, was an attack, and then, you know, like, usually when you're a forward player, sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, it's on me to score all the goals, I don't need to work as hard going back, and I think you saw on, on Saturday that, he was just he was doing the dirty work. He was covering for his fullback, and then he was getting up the park and playing forward. And I thought him and Raskin worked quite well. You know, Raskin's kind of try to cut, uh, you know, cut inside, cut out. You know, and then he, they're playing in between each other. Then obviously you've got Ridvan overlapping and underlapping. So I thought you know that was a a good dynamic. Uh, Did Ridvan play ahead of Barisic? He, like with Barisic dropped? No, no. Bar- Barisic started and lasted uh, like ten minutes. You know, Barisic has discovered that we're actually playing attacking forward thinking football here and he's just gone, I can't be asked, so I'm gonna pull up with an injury and um decide I can't be can't play anymore. And that that was a running joke on on social media as well. And I just thought that, you know, the guy the guy's gonna have to buck up his ideas and really start playing forward if he wants to play in this Rangers team, which is why I said I think he's one of the ones that will be let go or sold. Yeah. What what age is he, Scotty? Thirty, I think he's thirty or thirty-one. Is yeah, because it's it is crazy to think that three four years ago he was thought of as maybe Rangers' best player, yep. Croatia international. Yep. Like. Well, he got criticised heavily during the international break yeah. by a Croatian mm. journalist for for playing ten pass ten passes of twelve backwards, and I was like, pal, you haven't watched Rangers all season because that's <laughs> what we've had to endure for two seasons nearly. Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, yeah. I just, I just thought Seema was was top quality, and I I would like to see once we get up up and running properly, and we've got like Lawrence and Cantwell back up. I think there's there's a few more levels in those type of players to go up. I'm not saying everybody else, but I think it'll be an exciting time if we continue. I think Rangers should do everything they can to sign Lawrence Shankland in January. Hey, I, w- I w- that was his first goal in eight, mate. I don't. I know, but he's been played in number ten by a manager who doesn't have a clue. He's who's who's worse, Naismith or Beal? <laughs> that's that's uh, a question for another I, podcast. I isn't it? I, I, <laughs> it reminds me. It reminds me a lot about the Sean Maloney thing. To be yeah. honest with you, the, the Naismith thing. Being um, Cafro, I'll never understood. I, I just. I, I don't know if Robbie Nielsen's just like really, really horrible to be around in boardroom situations or whatever. But I mean, for me, that's. Twice he's now lost yeah, his job. Yeah, I, n- I never understood that. And both times I've been like, "What do they expect?" Yeah. 
Now, what do you honestly expect? I, I think put David Martindale in, he'll do a better job. Just don't sack Robbie Nielsen. I just don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Just using the Hearts example, what I really like about Hearts is that they've tried to build something over maybe like a five-year period that they think can then go and compete with Rangers and Celtic. And I mean, it brings on to talking about away allocation for old firm fans, which is something we've talked about many a night over a pint in a pub in terms of there's some stadiums in Scotland that give um, Rangers and Celtic fans three stands. And, and where we kind of look at that, is that fair for the overall game? Now, Pat, I'm going to open this one up for you because it's something you'd actually brought up first. What, what were your thoughts on it at the weekend? I think it came into sharp focus at the weekend. Um, I remember messaging you guys and saying, we need to talk about this because it's a total joke. Like the, the So the, the only logical explanation I can think of for Hearts giving Celtic 517 tickets or whatever it was is that they fully expect or can almost guarantee that the rest of the stadium will be sold out, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because anything less than that, you're losing money that you are guaranteed to make with a, a club like Celtic. When I lived in Edinburgh, I went to Celtic away games at Hearts and we'd fill the entire, I think it was the entire Roseburn stand that Hearts would give us and it was an amazing atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And it was three stands versus one and it was still properly intimidating because the Hearts fans would get right up for it and it's the old cliche of at Tynecastle, you know, the fans are right on top of you and it's that blah, blah. But it was so true and it was like vicious and it was brilliant to be at. But you get 517 tickets to Celtic fans, right? And then you don't, there's like, there's pockets of empty seats, not in just in one area of the stadium, not even in the bit that divides the two sets of supporters, but throughout the entire stadium. Like they're clearly on just, TV. On yeah. Na- yeah, on, on Sky, like clearly people just haven't bought them. And then you've got this tiny pocket of Celtic fans who are making the loudest noise throughout the entire game anyway, and I'm not even being biased, it's it's true. And then because Celtic are 3-0 up after an hour, or near enough an hour, it looked like a COVID game. Yeah. It, lo- it looked like a COVID game, because all the Hearts fans had pretty much walked away. And it was just, it just got me thinking like, who wins here? Who well, who can, wins? I, what's your solution? Well, I mean, give if the if Celtic Rangers or any club or Hibs for that matter are going to town, then give them the correct amount of tickets that they'll sell it. And I, I'd apply the exact same logic to Celtic. This isn't a dig at Hearts. This is a dig at all clubs in Scotland to sort it out and start marketing our game properly, making it a better spectacle. Mm-hmm. Cel- like the the Rangers and Celtic debacle that's going on. You know, Rangers shat the bed because we kept pumping them at Ibrox and then they, they couldn't handle Griffiths tying scarves to goalposts. And where's he now? Since where's then, he now? That's right. Nowhere. <laughs> well, he wouldn't be able to get to Ibrox anyway because we're not they don't let anyone associate with Celtic except the team in. It's pathetic. Quite right. And you know, Celtic retaliated. Yeah, but then Celtic also, yeah, I was gonna say Celtic also then jumped on the bandwagon well, with it. What are they meant to do? I know, like, it's, it's, it's one of those topics. I, I was just going to jump and in. It also shows a we, it shows, sorry, Scott, and then I'll let you jump in. It also shows a weak SFA that bit, but yeah. like in terms of not being able to get the clubs around the table I and agree. go, listen, listen, guys, you are causing an absolute embarrassment to our game I here. Totally but that, this is a, this is a, a an organisation that pays a guy 400 grand a year to sit in his arse. <laughs> well, that, there it is. So <laughs> There's the weekly mention of the. <laughs> listen, I'm sorry, but it's, it's, I'm sure the listeners will know by now that that is probably one of my biggest bugbearers. You know, I, I think part of the issue is that, you know, you look at saying their hearts didn't sell out enough. You look at 
like for example, Kilmarnock under Steve Clark, right? They reduced both Rangers and Celtics allocation because they were winning games, they were entertaining fans, right? Bye bye Rangers. Aye, right. <laughs> Still hating for that, but uh, <laughs> but we'll get on to him later on. It's almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Scott, when managers decide to play football that yields good results and mm-hmm. you know about possession and attacking yep. and scoring, it's almost like fans enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Instead knew? of when you put clowns like Stephen Naismith in charge. Yep. Who knew for that? No reason. I mean, who who knew that that was? A key, a key I don't know. Imagine Stephen imagine, Naismith a clowns a lot. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a good player. He's playing Lawrence Shanklin in centre midfield. But that's because clearly he thinks Boyce is a better player. <laughs> go and attack Celtic. Yeah. Like Hart score goals against Celtic for fun. Go and attack us and actually like give us a game. And your defence like, is okay, but it's it's not impenetrable. It's not like you no. won't concede goals, especially a goalkeeper. You know, you guys, there's been talks on this podcast of needing to replace your goalkeeper. Why are you not right. taking chances against a guy like that? Well, you know, got some very good ball strikers. Yeah, as well. yeah you've totally got right. Liam Boyce. Right. Got Shannon. Right. Go and attack Bannon us and, and get ball get, carrier, you, you know, like how are you going to get the fans right up for it when you're playing yeah. like three defence midfielders and your best striker in it midfield? It's difficult with Matt O'Reilly then. Slots yeah, I mean that's just, after like yeah. three minutes. It is a bit. It's a bit demoralising, <laughs> isn't it? Like your, three minutes. And you just sat down with your pie and you're putting your brown sauce on it. You look up and Matt O'Reilly's looking over his shoulder and putting it in the corner. So, but let's. But I do think sorry, just before just just before we wrap up move on I think you, you, to go back to your point like about sitting around the table I do think that has to there has to be something and yeah as much as it's been fun you know like watching the whole meltdown of both sets and it's, it's led to some interesting engagements on socials about the ticket allocation but I do think from a footballing product you know to sell oh, we, we need to we need to have something we need to have we need to have something whether that's whether that's an away allocation I don't think I don't think that the times of having a full stand I think are gone for both sets I don't I don't think Rogers gonna... called for a minimum away percentage of stadium which I think is that's how England do yeah. that's what I was just about to say lads I mean, yeah. let's not be a podcast that just brings up problems no. and then has a laugh let I think I think we have to with anything with anything in business with anything and when it comes and listen sport is a business now we are as a Scottish game are going to have to look at yep. ourselves and take some short term pain for long term gain and for me that I think Brendan Rodgers spawn if that's what he said I've not seen that interview but I think we should come in and say it doesn't matter which club it is yep. unless they want to do it over a tiered period but even then I'm not a fan of it say to yourself right 10% of every stadium 15% of every stadium is given to away fans yep. can and you see this argument can, ever happening with Arsenal and Spurs no, but it did. No, but it did. In, in terms did it? of like, it did before the Premier League. So no, but just, I mean now. Imagine now. No, because it's a fully uh, the, the Premier yeah, League are one of the most powerful outfits. Exactly. Like, they run, they're the best in the world at marketing their game, yeah. and we're the Premier worst. Premier League run the FA. We're, yeah. we're the worst. We are terrible. They're, right. they're that powerful because money, mate. It's, it comes down to money. If they, listen, if there was an, if there was a, a how, not in favour. Sorry, mate. I'm going to jump in here. How can it come down to money if Hearts are actively losing money by not well, putting let, those let tickets finish, up? Mate. No, let me finish. What I was going to say was that, so. The FA, when they, they ran the league, so the Premier League, as we all know, run the Premier League and the FA are a board that sit aside that, right? The SFA run our game and they're not surely, and, and it shouldn't be like this, I'm not saying we need to bring in another body to run there our game. Too many. But the Premier League are literally about, right, 
what brings in money in terms of how does a game look on TV? What's the atmosphere like? What's the long-term game of this? We'll invest the money in order for 10 years this to be a viable product. And that's why Spurs and Arsenal never fight because there's no chance, absolutely no chance. The Premier League are going to turn around and be like, all right, yeah, we'll accept that. And uh, yeah, by the way, we'll go and negotiate with Sky that you're actually falling out and we don't want to give Spurs any... any It's like they're actually asking the question why, isn't it? Exactly, they would be punished. If Spurs did that, they would be punished. I mean, look at it this, this weekend in terms of they have a global product. And, yeah. and I don't want to get too political on this podcast, but you've you seen what the Premier League did in terms of like the Palestine situation and, and they just run the game because it's a commercial outfit and they can't be seen to yeah. diminish that at all. And in Scotland, I think we need to get a grip. I think we need to say, like I said, 10% of fans, Celtic and Rangers, and that includes when you play each other. Yeah. Right, cool, that's the rule. How do we make sure we sell out Tynecastle for Celtic, Hearts, Hearts Celtic? Is it later kickoffs? Is it not playing the games on Sundays? Yeah. Whatever it is, do it, make the game profitable, then you'll find that Hibs, Hearts and Aberdeen aren't getting pumped by Rangers yeah. and Celtic every single time we play but them. I think, I think as well, like, look, we have Friday night, Thursday night football, do you mean, I, I know like European, but like say when Rangers and, and Celtic are on a, a European, why are you not having a Scottish game on a Thursday, Friday night, Friday night football, after work, you... How good would it be? Really, under the lights. Good, fantastic. Oh, imagine Hearts versus Celtic under the lights. I bet you sell out Tynecastle yep. then. And this, well, this, it does. Oh, you know, yeah, when, it's a cup, when it's a cup game, it's it's it, incredible. It shouldn't have and to be because a cup, it's a cup game, game, game. But because it's a cup game, it's different rules. Yeah. So very yeah, often yeah, you'll yeah, actually yeah, get yeah. the ticket. Like, but this, Hamden, when it has to be a 50-50 split, that's when it's at its best. It's that, honestly, it's your it's your man Don, it's your man Doncaster again, and we're we're calling him out and we're right because he's a clown. Yeah, and it's clueless. Like, he's run this, this this game in this country into the bloody ground and continues to be a dinosaur in it. We need to move on. We can no longer have this partner that we have for TV that you know has a subpar product. It really does. Like the the, the analysis of the game, you get you're lucky if you get fifteen minutes before. 15 minutes after whereas they spend an hour and a half before the, the Premier League matches before at half time they in depth you know look Mate, at Sky still use like the wrong graphics for yeah. the club for the clubs yeah. in this country well listen let's, let's not just throw Sky in no. the bus here I sat and watched um, on Saturday night I sat and watched match a day and then as you boys all know sports scene yep. comes on straight oh afterwards. god it's terrible oh mate it was actually painful yeah. a match of the day was absolutely superb not just the games by the, the way presenting. the games were better but not just the games the presenting yeah. Yeah. the camaraderie between the three presenters on the programme like the way it was all structured well it's the same reason I don't listen to the BBC like the BBC's got, um, the Scottish football podcast anymore because it's yeah. the same it's the same voices in the 80s that were on it like I don't oh, care what Chick yeah. Young's got to say about Scottish football oh, anymore exactly. like I, I like I, I like you great guy like I loved your insight I've loved Come on, it's twenty twenty. We need to move. We need to start using data. We need to start using more like, infographics and more interactive style approach. But on the same page, I don't want us to become the sort of. I, I don't. I don't want it to be like Premier yeah. League light, where it's like half and half scarves and no, that. Because Scott, the the best it's part passion. about the Scottish game is is the is the passion and the anger to some and the the fr- like the frenzy that our games can turn into is what I love most about it. It's, but, it's a great league, yeah, but I that's agree. what we, we need could, to sell. That that yeah, is what we should be shouting about it so much more. Last week obviously Scotland qualified for the Euro. So the, there's proof that there's, there's, there's yes. I don't want to become just one of those podcasts where it's like moan, 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 moan. We've we can clearly see that You're good there's, at that, there's elements to our game. I know, <laughs> I know, but there is elements to our game that are, are hugely improved just on the last yeah. few years so 
Sky, open it up to yourself. Where where do you stand on the national team and how do we um, put that back into our domestic leagues? I think... That success back into yeah, our domestic I think, leagues. I think it's brilliant that we've qualified for back-to-back Euros. You know what I mean? That, that's, a, that's a statement. That's, that's a sign of improvement. I think that can only... If we utilise this correctly and in the right manner and putting funds into grassroots and, and encouraging teams in the top flight to play Scottish homegrown players then I think we'll see a, a continual benefit going forward but I think it, it's only the Euros thing is to qualify this early and be one of those teams to qualify this that's, that's phenomenal do you mean I think the national team are doing their bit yeah you know yeah. because you know you're not going to get young people interested in football unless their team's playing it you know it's like look at the amount of look at the gap we've had we've we've completely missed out on like capturing like none of us ever got to see Scotland at a tournament as teenagers you know imagine what that would have done oh yeah (laughs) like and imagine the amount of people that just football passed them by because they couldn't watch their national team at a Euros or a World Cup and you know young people are going to get to do that and hopefully they'll want to go and play yeah and I think that that you know circles the circle if that's even a phrase you know that's that's how you do it is you qualify for these things I think I I wanted Steve Clark gone I think after Ireland beat us 3-0 you did, I, I and was... that would have been the worst shout ever I, I, so I think, take my hat off to him so I think just to add there I think shows where we are now you know we're looking we're playing Spain we're playing France and we're getting beat but we're expecting, but we're expecting to, to do better yeah when we were growing up like the, the Scotland team was always built around the best of Celtic and Rangers yep. wasn't it yeah like yep. And that's where you'd see, like, I'm trying to pluck something out here, but like, for example, Davy Weir and Caldwell yeah, at the back, yeah. you know, it would be like Celtic's best and half and Rangers' yeah. best and half. You've got it to an extent, or we certainly had it a couple of years ago to that extent with McGregor and Jack playing together yeah. in the middle. But see right now, like, I wanted to make this round into a bit of a competition about Celtic and Rangers, but really it's only Cal McGregor. Mm. And Greg Taylor. And Greg Taylor's well, Greg Taylor's Greg uh, on the third choice. Aye. Just, just, aye. And even looking at the under twenty ones, boys, I was uh, doing some stuff before us because it's gonna be one of the topics. And um in the under twenty one game against Hungary, there was actually only uh, four players in the starting lineup that played for Scottish youth teams and only uh, King from Rangers actually got a game at all. That's, mad, mad, that's, that's quite that the times are changing. Yeah. Like so for all for all we're enjoying the national team, like this is a Celtic and Rangers podcast, isn't it? And I think, well, but part of me is like, do we have to produce better players or do we just have to stop the players we have getting offered better deals elsewhere? Because you look at Doak, like he played in a match against Rangers and then but, got shipped off to Liverpool pretty much straight. I think away. I think that's what a benefit. This? Sorry Stephen, I think it's a benefit though because obviously they're coming in and yeah that's partly down to Brexit and stuff but they're coming in to get these Scottish talents because they're good enough you know first of all they're good enough to go down and play at that level and whether it works out for them or not but they're still coming to Scotland I mean they could go to Wales they could go just exclusively to Wales Ireland or England I mean or Northern Ireland but they're coming up to Scotland you know you only have to look at Man City coming up for Dyer Mabudi a few years ago or Aston Villa coming for Rory Wilson, who both at Rangers were highly regarded and would have probably made some sort of impact like a Bailey Rice's, you know, in the Rangers first team. But I think it, it's annoying and, and yeah, that we need to kind of combat it and whether that's a way of saying we'll guarantee we're going to give young players an opportunity, but at the same time, you've got a short career. These these kids might not make it, so they go down and get money. But I think it's a, it's a good thing that we're there's value in in Scottish football but we just don't go back to the old the other point previously we're not marketing it correctly to maximise that value 
Yeah, I mean, I challenge, honestly, boys, go and, go and have a look and same to our listeners. Go and have a look at that last under-21 squad. Even the players that are out on loan are getting sent. Like Celtic have got a boy there. Um, they sent out on loan Tad Mira. So it's not like we're no longer loaning players to like Hearts yeah. or, I mean, Lowry's a different one, but like on the same scale that we were maybe 10, yeah. 15 years ago, we're sending to like different leagues. Like one's from Sturm Graz, it's on loan from Fulham and it seems that we're maybe trying to get more of a cultural shift on our on our young players and that seems to be the way we're driving things forward so hey, sorry just just to finish off there, I was just saying you know that comes down to you know look at like the three lads that have gone over to Italy and done really well you know and yeah. Adam Hickey Lewis Ferguson Josh Dogg I think that's the start of Scottish lads doing well abroad where pro- previously we'd struggle you know this is now an opportunity that a lot of clubs are exploring so I think it's a good sign for the overall Scottish game, but maybe not from a Rangers and Celtic point of view because we are losing a lot of our best youth players. Moving it back on to Celtic and Rangers, my favourite part of the podcast every week <laughs> is trivia questions. Hey. So, hey. <laughs> I know you boys are absolutely buzzing for them. Christ. So this week, lads, I'm going to let Patrick open up the floor with his trivia question for cool. Scott. Oh God. Scott, I think you're s- still to get one right. Yeah, I haven't got uh, one right yet. I'm, I'm so terrible. I, 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 you look I, a bit nervous, Scott. Oh, I'm, I'm very nervous. This isn't the worst part of this podcast for me. I think this is your easiest one yet. Oh God, don't say that. I feel like this is. I feel like this is a gift. Every week. I feel like this is a gift. Oh, I hope so. Rangers lost the Europa League final mm-hmm. in 2022. Was it? Yes. Was it last year? Yeah. yeah. On penalties. Mm-hmm. Who was playing in goals for Eintracht Frankfurt? I know this one. Kevin Trapp. Is the correct answer. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that to me because that fucking save of his with Ryan Kent at the last minute will haunt me for the rest of my life. I kind of enjoyed doing that because I was like, this is an easy one, but it will hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to cry after this podcast ends, but you, at least you've got a point on the board. <laughs> it would have been funny if he'd got it wrong and put yeah. you through that whole oh. thing, but you just not have a clue. See what he said? See what he, he's like, oh, you, you might know this one. I was like, I might not. Uh, there's a well, I tell you what. I tell you what. By the way, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's four three. The Celtic currently three two. The Celtic currently. I should really keep scoring. Yeah. I'm really bad. Uh, no, I, I won. Uh, it was 4-3 4-3 because I won last week so Paddy has possibly handed you because we didn't do too many debates this week Paddy's it's been quite nice this week I've enjoyed it's been been lovely Paddy's handed you a huge possibility to bring it back level Scotty so if you've got an easy question kind of do now's your chance to change it no (laughs) but not on you I wanted to be caught in a trap a Kevin trap (laughs) God don't say his name um, I thought I'd go for some similar vibe, you know, nice easy one. Because um, apparently last week was too hard. So, um, so in the two thousand and nineteen twenty season, mm. Celtic only lost two games that year. Can you name one of those teams? Oft the league season. Yep, the league season twenty nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. Do you want know. a hand? Kind of you want to you want a very significant milestone that year? No, he doesn't. Stop running away episodes. Okay, so a very significant milestone. What does that mean? In your club history. All right, so I'll shop. Well, yeah, no, I know about the the treble, treble, or the quadruple treble, whichever one it was. I think it was the quadruple treble. So you've only got two teams that Mm. beat Celtic that year. Can you name? I mean, you've got one one in five chance of getting it right in the league. Yeah, in the league. Yeah. I mean, I want to say the obvious one. The team you support, but I'm not sure if that's <laughs> the case because that's a Kevin Trap, I reckon. Yeah, well, all you've done for the last uh, what, like, 
nine episodes now is rip the pish because apparently one your team's, team's better than mine. So <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> so I just need to name one of the teams that beat us in the league that season. Yeah, yeah. one of the teams that beat you in that, that season. I'm going to have to put you on a timer as well, by the way, because I feel like you're stalling. Yeah. yeah. You're doing a me, uh, and I don't know the answer. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, mm, okay then. Go for it. Rangers. Go for it. Well done, yeah. Was Hearts the other one 4 0? No, it was uh, Livingston 2 0 uh, yep. on Julian 6th Nathan. of October yeah. 2019, and then Rangers 2, Celtic 1 at uh, Celtic Park on the 29th that's of December. That's one where Gerard over celebrated, wasn't it? Yeah, that's because we had. See, been, that was your Kevin been. Trap. Yeah. I knew it was a <laughs> Kevin Trap. <laughs> nice, though, you got me thinking there. Yeah. But you you don't win this week. It's a draw. No, it's a draw. It's fine. Oh, that's our first ever draw. Hey, I don't like listen, I think, I think I should get bonus points for winning the first, no, uh, my, my first ever no, trivia question. We should lose points any, for that. Any neutral listening to that podcast, they'll probably wonder how the fuck Rangers have got three points. So we've already yeah, gifted yeah. you a few. You'll take your draw. You'll take your draw. Um, and that takes us on to our final point of our podcast, which is our predictions of how the Glasgow teams will do every week. So... Um, last week, Rangers' first manager at the time of recording the podcast weren't too sure um, if Rangers would have a new manager in the dugout. So I stupidly went for 2-2 and obviously it turned out for Rangers to win 4-0, which Scotty and Patrick predicted the result but not the score correctly. Yeah. And for the Celtic game, I believe, Scott, you went for a draw? Yeah, I did. I went you for a score draw. Well, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. And, uh, myself and Patrick correctly predicted I was the, the only one who thought that both Celtic and Rangers would win. I know. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Well, I had three what weeks well of... well-educated um, podcast we run. Yeah. Mm. I had three weeks of just real abuse, do you mean? So I was just taking this toll on me, so... Nah, you'd look a lot better this week if it's any... Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a lot happier. Mike, which, uh, <laughs> which actually leads us on perfectly for the rest of the season because all three of us are now on 11 points moving forward. Brought it back. Woo! So, predictions for this week, gentlemen. So we've got Hibs versus Celtic and Hearts versus Rangers so it's a total yeah, reverse a total reversal um, Hibs v Celtic I am going to say Hibs 1 Celtic 3 and Hearts v Rangers Hearts were dug meat like Hearts were terrible uh, I'm going to say Hearts 1 Rangers 2 so 3-1 Celtic and 2-1 Rangers nice nice I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think Celtic will win against Hibs, but I think it'll be. I think they might have a bit more about them up front, so I'm gonna say four-one. Just because obviously they got Marshall and goals, so you know he's at the end of his tether. So, <laughs> and then for Hearts versus Rangers, you're right. Hearts were terrible. Um, I think we're gonna win three-one. Oh. European football this week, isn't there? Yes, we've got the Sparta Prague on Thursday. Playing tomorrow, I'm going to go. I do think Hibs are decent, by the way. I know Rangers really played them off the park, but I do think Hibs are decent. So I want to take a risk, and I'm going to pretty much say what I said last week. But I'm going to go Hibs two, Celtic two, just because I want more for the fact that I just want the league to come out the closet, mate. Two Um, bears, one boy. I think. Come on now might come under serious pressure for his job after this weekend because I really think the Rangers will take them to the cleaners with a 4-1 victory 4-1 I like yeah. it I was, yeah. I was swaying between 
three one and four one. Yeah, so quick European nice. shout from me. Uh, at the time Absolutely. of at the time of recording, uh, Celtic are still to play. Let's go. I think we're going to win. Ooh, and that is on your predictions. I think Celtic are going to win two one. Based on based on sheer delusion. <laughs> the green tinted specs are fully out. It'll be five 0 to let's go, but I'd like to think we'll win two one. Antoine Griezmann hat trick. What about you, Scotty? Do you want to give some delusion to the podcast? Or yeah, uh, there's plenty of that from I, Rangers fans. Yeah, we, we didn't go bust. Uh, <laughs> we didn't actually. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I'm going to say two one to us. Against Sparta Prague away. Yep, that'd be a result of the season. I think. I think Big Phil will just battle anyone that doesn't give him a hundred, ten percent. Thanks, Phil. What did you call me? <laughs> Thanks, Phil. You've been listening to The Boy and the Bear. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email episode suggestions to theboyandthebear at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at boybearpod. Or do both. Or do both, yeah. No. yeah. Do both would be great. Thanks. Hail, hail, lads. Follow, follow. See you next week, boys. See you later, guy. Bye.